0: of you realize that 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 we just experienced a holy moment you know whenever we gather together as a body of believers and we focus our attention and our worship towards a holy God it is a holy moment and I think we underestimate the beauty and the power of corporate worship. I think sometimes we walk out of these places of worship and we we make the statement, I really didn't get anything out of this this morning. And the reason we don't get things out of it is because we're not giving into it. And when I enter this place, with my brothers and my sisters, and I offer my praises to God, it becomes a holy moment. And when we experience that, we will leave here fulfilled because we have worshipped a holy God. And so I hope you never come in here asking, what can I get? But you always come in here with a heart and a desire to give God the praise he deserves. Thanks, John. Thanks, worship team. Thanks for reminding us that we are here to worship a holy God. You know, we're, and I hope that this week, I hope you found things to be thankful for. Maybe even in the midst of a tough time, I hope you found things, and I'm sure you did, to be thankful for. We're in this three-week study on biblical membership, and what is that? And as we've gone through this journey, um, I'm sure there are some of you with questions and, 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 and the resistance. And we talked about this the first week, maybe because you've been hurt, you resist being a part of a body formally. Or you maybe don't see the need of that, or you don't understand, or you don't believe that it's it's biblical. This morning, I want to talk about what the role of a shepherd is in the body of Christ. And, and this morning, I'm going to have Gary Miller come and share a little bit of his journey. Gary and Diane have been a part of our church for for a number of years. Gary has been an elder for the last four years. He's gonna be ending his uh, his term is ending at the end of this year. And Gary has just been an incredible blessing to our church and and, and I think to to, to Verda and I personally and, and I I value his wisdom and his godliness. And and he's gonna come up and share a little bit of, of his struggle with church membership and, and his journey to becoming
1: a member. So, Gary, if you would come and you would share, but it is an interesting series that we are in right now, and of course, it is featuring covenant membership. And so, Dwayne asked if I would just share a little bit of my own experience. And uh, first of all, I want to say that really the church is the body of Christ. For those of us who are believers, we belong to the body of Christ. But at the same time, we have a local fellowship or a collection of believers here at Fairlawn. And so I just wanted to, uh, to share a little bit about that. Uh, of course, we are also to be committed to following Christ. Those of us who profess to, follow, to believe in him, we are, we are committed to following him. And of course, we, we want to give evidence of that as well as we go through our life. And I thought last Sunday, Pastor Dwayne uh, preached from uh, the uh, passage in Romans 12. Just a very good passage for us to to give us an indication of how we should be living our lives and how we can be a benefit to others and our fellow believers. And, of course, having said that, the body is now made up of people. And, of course, we would all understand that they're imperfect. We are imperfect. We are imperfect people and saved by his grace. But, uh, and from time to time, there are dif- disagreements and issues that come up in a local fellowship, and uh, it just seems like sometimes they, they are not really resolved very well, and uh, as a result, there can be hurt, and uh, occasionally there may be times where we are forced to choose sides, and uh, so it becomes, it becomes uh, sort of a rough, rough road. But uh, I personally have been in a situation similar to that, as I 'm describing, And uh, I, I guess I, I, we ended up leaving that particular congregation, that fellowship and uh, you know, started uh, looking for other places where we could attend, and we eventually ended up attending here at Fairlawn. And, uh, you know, it took a little while for us to settle in because, you know, we were a little bit reluctant, having come through a, a tough time, to, uh, to, to become a member, uh, actually. But, um, and we, didn't, we did not become a member right away. We took our time and kind of wanted to sort things out and wanted to be sure, you know, And, uh, but eventually we did uh, decide to become members here. And I have to say that I'm really glad that we did. And it's been a very good experience. And uh, there's a number of reasons for that. But one of those reasons, I would say, is that it does provide a sense of accountability that we can provide for each other. We can be accountable to each other. And so I think that that actually is a good thing. It's a a benefit to, to us as a body. And I would say maybe that is you, perhaps you've come through a situation similar to the, what I'm describing. And you may say to yourself, look, I want nothing to do with church membership. And uh, <clears throat> I would just, uh, would just encourage you to perhaps uh, take that into more considerate, to give it more consideration, and maybe you would uh, want to uh, change your mind about that. And I want you to know also that my remarks here are not uh, meant to put any kind of pressure on anyone, believe me. Uh, that is not my goal, uh, but I just want to be an encouragement to you and, and share uh, uh, my experience, okay? And it, it's been a very wonderful experience, and i, I tell you what, we, we are so blessed with many, many godly people here in our fellowship. And uh, I'll tell you what, <clears throat> it is, uh, you know, when, when, when uh, Jesus said, that or uh, Paul said that we should not forsake the assembly of ourselves, I think that uh, that is what he was talking about, a group of people who really, truly believe and trust God and to want to help each other and to reach out in our community to be that light that uh, he's asking us to be. So I would just say that uh, don't give up on this local body of believers called Fairlawn Church.
0: Thanks, Gary, for for sharing. Um, The body is a beautiful place you know and 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 i value the local church and the beauty of it and 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 the importance of belonging to a body of believers in a local church and and the role that membership plays in the local church and this is something that that we as a leadership team have spent a lot of time discussing praying about studying up on. It's not something that we just, hey, we need a series and so we decided we'd do this. This is something we have processed very seriously over a pretty long period of time. Asking a lot of questions about um, what that looks like. Asking ourselves, is it biblical? And the most important question that we ask ourselves is that very question, what does Scripture say about church membership what is there and as you look at the New Testament then we've talked about this you see evidence of a local church in Acts chapter 2 we see the universal church being born when the Holy Spirit came down upon the people in Jerusalem the universal church was born there were and it says about 3,000 people that day became part of the body of Christ the Holy Spirit now was dwelling among us and in us. And then as you look at the new at, at the book of Acts, as, as the story unfolds, we see that the universal church of all believers, all those who had confessed Christ, eventually came. In different places, it became local churches. But the universal church was for all those who were followers of Christ. All those, as Romans 10, 9 says, have confessed with their mouth that Jesus is the Lord and believed in their hearts that, that Christ was raised from the dead. They became a part of the universal church. But the local church became the visible expression of the universal body. And so we see as we, as we look at the book of Acts and as we look at the New Testament, we see local expressions of the invisible church. And you see a pattern begin to develop throughout the New Testament. You see a pattern that, that first of all, in, in, in the book of Acts, you see people repented, believed, and were baptized into the body of Christ. And baptism was and still is a confession of faith in Christ. But I believe when you look at the New Testament that when they were baptized, they became a part of the body. Remember in Acts chapter 2, it says, it says that, that they were baptized and that day, 3,000 became apart. And so they were baptized, I believe, into local bodies of believers. And when, when people were baptized in the New Testament, and even today throughout the world, and in some of the places that our reaches are going, when they were baptized... It came at a great price, and today for many people, it comes as a great price when you identify yourself with a local body of believers. They were often cut off from their families, they lost jobs and they lost businesses, They were persecuted for their faith, and so when I look at the New Testament, I believe for for believers in the New Testament to think that they could, could live their faith on their own, it was impossible. They recognized and understood that they needed each other. They needed a local body of believers to strengthen, encourage them, and to make them bold to go and proclaim the gospel. And for them to think that, that they could live out their faith without the care and encouragement of the local church was unimaginable. And we see the New Testament writers encouraging and challenging and instructing and even rebuking members in local bodies of believers. And so when you look at all of that, how do I take that? what I read in the New Testament, and, and make application for us today. And, and one of the things that, 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 that I began to understand was, you know, in the New Testament, you didn't have people who were members of the First Mennonite Church in Ephesus, all of a sudden one day decide that they were tired of First Mennonite Ephesus and they liked the worship better at First Baptist Ephesus, and so they decided they would go to First Baptist because it offered something that First Mennonite didn't offer. And so they moved. And see, that didn't happen. There was, there was one fellowship, and, and, and the, so the church that they were baptized into was the church that they were accountable to and committed to. There wasn't this moving and shifting of church membership. The place that they were baptized was the place that they identified and committed themselves to. And so when Paul says in Romans chapter 12, that verse 5, is, that we who are in Christ form one body, and when he said each member belongs to all of the others, they knew which members belonged to them, and which members they belonged to. And I think part of the challenge for us today is that, that people don't, for various reasons, not, not all bad, not all good, people don't stay in the churches that they were baptized in. And I would bet if I asked for a raise of hands, Over half of you would have been baptized in other fellowships. And there's where the challenge comes in for leaders. Is who are the people that we are accountable for? Because back in in the New Testament, the leaders were accountable for the people that they baptized and the people that were in their churches. So who are the members? Who are the people we are accountable for? And we'll get to that. And who are the people that are just checking us out? And so that's what makes, I believe, formal membership important for us today. That's what what makes this idea of making a commitment to a local body important. Important. Is this And Gary talked about this, this whole thing of, of accountability. And it is in the local body that, that we exercise the spiritual gifts that we read about in 1 Corinthians and in 1 Peter and in Romans chapter 12. It is in that body that you are committed to that you use your spiritual gifts. Last week, we looked at Romans 12, and Romans 12, 1 says, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. And then he goes on, he says, don't be be conformed any longer by the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind then you'll be able to test and prove what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. So, So as we are transformed by the Holy Spirit, as our minds are renewed, we see more and more clearly what God's will is for our lives, what He has called us to, what He has saved us for. And we begin to live our lives more and more as an act of worship. And we exercise our spiritual gifts both within the body and and outside of the body. We take it beyond these walls. But Romans says we have different gifts according to the grace given us. He says, if it's prophesying, let him him use it with proportion. If it's serving, let him serve. If it's teaching, let him teach. I believe that happens within the local church. But I believe it's important for us to commit ourselves and the gifts that God has given us to a local body. And as, as, as it says in Hebrews, that, that, that let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess and let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together. So it's important that, that as we commit ourselves to a local body, as our minds are transformed and we serve God because of the mercy that has been offered to us through Christ, we serve Him, it's important that we as a body, as Hebrews says, gather together so that we may spur one another on. You see, when we gather to worship, when we gather together and we offer our praises to God, it helps to spur one another on. I leave here encouraged on Sunday mornings because you as my brothers and sisters have spurred me on have encouraged me so the local body is a valuable part of our faith journey but then first peter if you would turn with me to first peter chapter 5 so so here we have this this local body of believers so what do we do with them? What what kind of structure is there? Who leads it? Who does what? Do we just all get together and, and sort of do our own thing? Well, when you read the New Testament, let's read 1 Peter chapter 5. It says, To the elders among you, I appeal as a fellow elder, a witness of Christ's suffering, and one who also will share in the glory to be revealed. He says, be shepherds of God's flock who is under your care. you catch that? Be shepherds of God's flock who is under your care. Serving as overseers not because you must, but because you are willing as God wants you to be. Not greedy for money, but eager to serve. Not lording it over those entrusted to you, but being examples To the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, who is Jesus Christ, you will receive a crown of glory that will never fade away. Two things I want you to catch there. Be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care and not lording it over those entrusted to you. Now, as a leader... As leaders of the church, we have to ask ourselves, so who are we responsible for? Who is under our care? And who has been entrusted to us? And Hebrews 13, it says, keep watch over you. They keep watch, speaking of elders and shepherds, they keep watch over you as men who must give account. So who do we give account to? for because one day as a leader as a shepherd i must give account for the people that have been entrusted into my care from these passages a couple of things we see we see first of all that there was a structure in place in the early church there were leaders that were appointed in churches in the new testament pretty early on chapter 6 of, of, of Acts, you see that there was a leadership structure in place. But we also see that leaders would be accountable for those who were given in their care. And so what is the role of a shepherd? What will we be accountable for? Now, the word shepherd um, can also be translated pastor, and it, it's, it's the word actually the noun shepherd is only found one time in the New Testament, but, but the verb to shepherd, to care for the flock, it, we find several times, and we see it here in verse 2 of Peter. It says, be shepherds of God's flock, who is under your care. We also see Paul using it in Ephesians, when he's speaking to the elders at Ephesus, in the book of Acts, it says in Acts 20, verse 28, Keep watch over yourselves and all of the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Be shepherds. So what is the role of a shepherd? Well, first of all, you look there in Acts chapter 20, verse 28, He says... Keep watch over yourselves. And so a shepherd, our primary responsibility of a leader, first of all, is for their own spiritual health. We are responsible for our relationship with God. And we are responsible for fostering a healthy relationship so we can lead in a healthy way. Because the... the, What is required of an elder is a pretty hefty deal. In First Timothy, this is the requirement for being an elder. And and whenever we talk to people about being elders, when they look at this, these verses, they're like, I don't measure up. Because it says, it says in, in 1 Timothy chapter 3, if anyone sets his heart on being an elder, he desires a noble task. So it's a good thing to desire to be a shepherd over the flock of um, over, over God's flock it says an overseer must be of brother reproach the husband of one wife temperate, self-controlled, respectable hospitable and able to teach not given to drunkenness not violent but gentle not quarrelsome, not a lover of money he must manage his own family well and see to that his children obey him with proper respect It says, if anyone doesn't manage his family well, how can he take care of God's church? He must not be a recent convert, or he may become conceited and fall under the same judgment as the devil. He must have a good reputation with outsiders so that he will not fall into disgrace or into the devil's trap. So it is vitally important that one of our first responsibilities as shepherds it's to care for our soul, so to make so we are healthy, so we are in a right relationship with God so that we can live our lives with integrity. And then as elders live lives with integrity. Now, when I look at that, we all fall short of these um, qualifications from time to time. We are imperfect people, and we lead imperfectly but we still have this responsibility to care for our souls so that we can lead in a godly way. So he says, keep watch over yourselves and then keep watch over your flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Peter says, be shepherds of the flock that is under your care. Now when you think of a shepherd, you know, when we were in Spain a couple years ago, you saw lots of, of flocks of, 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 of sheep just roaming around. They just roamed around, but, but, but you'd see this guy among the sheep, or he'd be off in a distance um, just watching over them. And then all of a sudden, he would yell a command, and, and his sheep would all come running to him that he would walk ahead of them, and when he stopped, they stopped. But you saw this shepherd taking great care of the flock that was entrusted to him. He had a stick with him so that he could fight off any predators that came, but he gave great care to those sheep that had been entrusted to him. And so, when you look at a shepherd... He is the overseer of the flock. And the word overseer means to give oversight, to exercise oversight, to look over to look out for the flock. And God holds them accountable for looking over the flock and caring for it. He says, not lording it over those entrusted to him. And when I see those words not lording it over, I'm reminded of what Jesus said when when his disciples came to him and wanted to to sit on his right and his left. He says, the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. And to give his life as a ransom for many. And, And then when I look at John 13, when Jesus was eating the last supper with, with his disciples and it says that he got up from the supper table, he took off his outer garment, he, he, he took a bowl, he knelt down and he began to wash his disciples' feet. And one by one he washed their feet and he blessed them and then at the end he says, now that I, Your Lord and teacher have washed your feet. You also should wash one another's feet. I have set the example that you should do as I have done. So as overseers, as shepherds of God's flock, we have a responsibility to serve the body of Christ. Not to desire to be served, but to serve. So we, we serve with the body. A shepherd overseer serves with the body, but he's also responsible for the body. You see, as a member of the body, you're not going to give account for the rest of the body. As a shepherd somebody who's been called to that, we have a responsibility and we will be judged and made accountable for the body that has been entrusted to us because of our calling. So we have a responsibility to care for this body. To be shepherds of this body. And remember, a shepherd is not, when you look at at the New Testament, a shepherd was not a person of high standing, of great status in the community that he lived in. They had a fairly low status. their, Their position had no notoriety, no fame. It was a position of humility. It was a position of as a servant. And so that helps us to get a picture of what shepherds are called to do as a part of the body. We're called to serve. With much love and a cat and passion, compassion. And as a shepherd, you care for the body of Christ. You pastor the people. You nurture the flock. And the way we do that is we pray for, you know, one of the things that, that that our elder board does is we pray for you. You know, some, some of the some of the, 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 the most beautiful moments of, of, of eldering is, is when we gather together. And I think of a of a moment about a year and a half ago when 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 Ben Yoder found out that he had uh, he had cancer, um he invited, he asked the elders using the, the James 5 passage the elders of the church to gather around him to anoint him and to pray for him and that's what we did we prayed for him and and it was a beautiful moment And, and there was something about Ben that changed that day now was Ben healed now his pancreas wasn't healed but there was spiritual healing that happened There were some, I think, miraculous things that happened. And so, as a church, as leaders, we are responsible to pray for you. We have an obligation to pray for you, and and, and that's part of nurturing. And another thing that, that we are to do is we are to minister the Word of God to you. We are to feed you. One of a shepherd's responsibilities is is lead his sheep to a place where they can be nurtured. And so so we as as elders, as shepherds, um, one of our great responsibilities is to teach the word of God. Paul instructed Timothy, challenged Timothy in 1 Timothy 3. He says, you must hold firmly to the trustworthy message as it has been taught, so that he can encourage others to sound doctrine. And we are committed to to teaching you the Word of God over the pulpit, in our adult Bible fellowships, in our community groups, in our children's ministry, in our youth ministry. We are committed to teaching you the Word of God because that is one of our great responsibilities. So a leadership team is not just a bunch of guys that gets together every couple of weeks and has a meeting and decides what the rest of the body should be doing, how they should be acting and, and who we need to be disciplining and, 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 and all of these other kinds of things. It is, it is a group of, of men who gather together, who seek God's will for, for, for this body, who pray for you, who, who are in the word, studying the word, preparing themselves, keeping themselves pure. It is a group of men that take their job very seriously in nurturing the body that has been entrusted to them. And Paul also says that you know, we're to be protectors. Not only to nurture you, but we're to be protectors He says, keep watch over your flock. Be shepherds of the church. And so we're to guard, we're to protect from wrong doctrine and theology that that is out there or that maybe comes into the church. We are to be protectors of this body. To keep watch. But in order for us to, to keep watch over the people that we have been given responsibility for, there again, we must know who we are accountable for. And I think one of the greatest benefits of being a member is this whole thing of accountability. is that when you become a member of the Fairlawn Mennonite Church you are saying that that I am coming I am becoming accountable to the whole body and I not only bring myself under the accountability of my brothers and sisters that that I am a part of but I also will respect and be accountable to those who lead the Fairlawn Mennonite Church. And formal membership helps us as shepherds and elders to know who we are responsible for and who is willing to come under the authority of this body. And so so when I look at church membership, I believe one of the, 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 the vital aspects of it is us understanding who we're accountable for. Because because if if a person chooses not to, and, and, and you can choose whatever you want, to formally become a part, a covenant member, which is somebody who promises to fulfill their responsibilities in the body that they find themselves, then we don't know who we need to hold accountable. we still will care for everyone, but the big thing in church membership, I believe, is this whole thing of of who are we accountable for as shepherds and overseers of this flock. And so I believe that that church membership, that covenant membership, is, is a very important part of our spiritual journey, of our spiritual health. because it means I'm, I'm, I'm submitting myself to other brothers and sisters in Christ for correction, for rebuke, for teaching, for caring. I'm willing to do my part as a member of the Fairlawn Mennonite Church. So, so if you're not a member at Fairlawn, what, and, and you may be asking, so how do I become a member? Well, I think the first thing you need to do is you need to, you need to pray. You need to ask the Lord if this is the place that God has called you to be a part of, the place that God has called you to invest in. And if you feel like that's what, what you've been called, that, that God is calling you to be a part of, of this place, then, then you should sit in on a Discover Fairlong class, which we, um, we do three or four times a year. We're actually doing it here um, the last Wednesday of November and the first Sunday of December, Wednesday of December. And so, sit down and discover Fairlawn Place, a place where we help you to understand who we are, what we believe, what our vision is, and it's a good place for you to ask questions about the Fairlawn Mennonite Church. Now, taking this class doesn't mean that you will become a member right away, but it helps you to get a picture of who we are, what we believe. Now, if you decide to become a member, then you talk to someone on the leadership team, and we'll sit down with you to get to know you better, um, to, to work through a process of, of just getting to know you better, understanding your testimony, um, and again, answering any questions that, that you may have. And then we present you to the leadership team, and then to the church to become a member. What if you choose not to become a member? We'll still love you. you know, we'll still care for you. Um, you know, we're not here to, to pound this over your head and saying that you have to. We're saying this is a very healthy part of our spiritual journeys so that we can help each person here to fulfill the calling that God has placed on them to disciple and to send, to spur one another on, to fulfill the plans that God has for all of us. So I want to encourage you. If you have questions about the last three weeks, talk to us. If you want to know more about... um, How you become a member, talk to us. If you disagree, um, talk to us. But I hope you understand the importance of membership and and one of the main ones being that we as leaders who will be accountable for this flock one day know who the people are that we are accountable But I hope this. I hope this series has been um, insightful. I hope it's made you think. Um, if it's upset you, I hope you talk to us. Um, but we believe, as a leadership team, it's important that church, a covenant member, is an important part um, of the Fairlawn Mennonite Church. Let's pray, Father. I thank you for the local church. I thank you, Father, for uh, this body of believers, uh, for all who are a part of it. And I pray, Lord, that you would, um, that each one of us would fulfill the role that you've given us, the giftings that you've given us to, um, to make this church better. Um, Lord, I pray that this would not be a divisive thing, um, but ultimately that that would be what, um, that, that covenant membership would bring more unity to this body. Lord, I thank you for this place. I thank you for the people that are here. Bless them as they leave this place today. It's in Christ's name I pray. Amen.